0: Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and A.J. Skiftstad.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Board Games Daily. It's Friday. Thanks for sticking with us for another week. Really appreciate that. But before I go any further, I want to remind you one more time of our tiny epic contest. Courtesy of our friends at Gamelin Games, you can go to theologyofgames.com, click on the button on the landing page. It'll take you to the form that you can fill out. There's all different kinds of ways you can enter. It's a great, great contest worth over $300 worth of games. It's every tiny epic game in its deluxe format. And also a sweet game haul game bag. So check that out. Got some cool stuff coming up for you today, including a little drop by with Alan Gerding on the show of Tuesday night games. We talk a little bit about Tuesday night games and mothership and life in general so it's a quick little five minute hit if you want to hear that stay tuned if you want to hear a longer conversation that i have with alan girding check out episode 109 of that's how i roll and you can check it out there and let's see what else do i have to say don't forget our patreon don't forget our hotline 216-352-3864 and don't forget our socials all of those things we love it when you're part of the show. So get on it. Get in on this conversation at as we jump into our last episode of the week before we hit Monday. So thanks for tuning in to Board Games Daily. Let's get at it. Here we go. Hey, welcome to Board Games Daily once again. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and we've got a quick little teaser interview for you with my good friend Alan Gerding of Tuesday night games. Alan, how are you?
2: Fantastic. I'm glad to be here.
1: Good. I'm glad that you're glad to be here. Uh, <laughs> I, I have three. I have three questions for you.
2: Hit me three times, sir. I'm, I'm ready.
1: I remember two of them, so hopefully you'll remember the. Third.
2: Maybe by the time we get to the third one, you'll remember. <laughs> so the maybe first, hitting me will jog your memory. The, Hit me.
1: The first question is: uh, What's one thing we should know? about Tuesday night games.
2: Oh, good hit. We at Tuesday night games are all about creating social interacting, social interactions and memorable moments with your friends and family. So I, that's, that sounds so generic. What, what should you know about Tuesday night games? Da, 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 it's fun. <laughs> you should play to buy all our stuff. <laughs> buy, buy everything. Uh, you like it? Two rooms in a boom? Why not? World Championship Russian Roulette? Maybe a little inappropriate. Some people may say that about That's Not Lemonade. But if I could choose one thing, it's uh, fire stuff. <laughs> oh man, I my I fa- did not prepare. I did not have these questions in advance. Obviously,
1: obviously, my favorite thing about playing That's Not Lemonade is trying to guess when somebody's gonna get the PP card, and I tell them here, have some PP. And sometimes it's right, and it's really funny, and sometimes I'm not right, and it's not as funny. You know what, though, Jeremiah?
2: Yeah. Never in the rules or the game do we ever even insinuate—well, I shouldn't say we don't insinuate. We never say (laughs) urine or pee-pee or anything. We just say, that's not
1: lemonade. I totally understand, but in my mind, it is totally pee-pee, and that's how I play. All right, so question number two. Hit me. What's one thing everybody should know about Alan Girding?
2: That he is part of Tuesday Night Games, a company for which you should know. What I think, if I'm being very sincere and real right now, if I could magically have everyone know something about me, yeah, it's that I try my best to be as genuine as possible. Uh, I don't know. I, that sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like I genuinely care about almost every person that I meet because I believe that that's how you make a difference in the world. If you honestly believe that the world is full of good people and there's no real such thing as bad people, just good people that end up doing bad things because of some circumstances, then I, I think that's a good way to go about it. So I think that's one thing. Uh, And I think what that does selfishly is that buys me a little cred because if I'm ever offensive, I think people understanding it's I'm not trying to be offensive. If anything, I'm trying to bring us together and I'm just failing at it. So sorry.
1: Stop failing so much.
2: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I offend you so much, Jeremiah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last question. I've remembered it. (laughs) What is one thing you would like or you think everyone should know? about mothership
2: whoa mothership oh man because we have our kickstarter going on right now for a pound of flesh so what should you know about mothership i would say that if you think that living in a sci-fi horror movie is any way appealing to you whatsoever then you've come to the right place if you come to mothership because if you are watching Aliens or any of those sci-fi horror films and you think, maybe I'd do better, or, oh man, this is so intense, I love it and hate it at the same time, this game is for you. I, I can't emphasize enough the stories that we've made while playing Mothership, <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, I don't want to take too much time, but we have the 3S system where you can either solve, survive, Or, uh, um, oh man, I can't even remember the third S. But you can only choose two. And the third S means understand, basically. No, that's solve. Oh, succeed. So solve means you understand what's going on. Survive means you live. And succeed means you got the mission done. But you can only ever choose two of those things. So if you lived, you probably didn't know what the heck that pounding was or why people were screaming. But at least you got the mission successful. But if you succeed in your mission... And you understand what that pounding was. Chances are really good. You did. You (laughs) did.
1: Awesome. Very cool. All right. Hey, thanks so much for spending a little bit of time. If you want to hear more of Alan Girding and myself conversating, you can head over to episode one Oh nine of that's how I roll. We talked for a whole long time about, uh, all things, Tuesday night games, mothership gaming. We rolled dice and answered questions. It was a lot of fun, and you can check that out.
2: Uh, On Kickstarter right now, Pound flesh,
1: Flesh. Yeah, go check out Kickstarter, too. Tuesday Night Games Pound of Flesh uh, campaign for Mothership, the RPG of the science horror variety. All right. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot for being here, Helen. Really appreciate it.
2: It's too much fun. Too much fun. We can't do this because it's too much fun.
0: This one is fresh off the game table. It's time for more board game buzz, as Board Games Daily gives you a first impression of the latest games to hit our tables.
3: Hey everyone, it's Firestone here with Board Games Daily bringing you a first impression of a new game, at least new to us, from tasty minstrel games called Gong. i think that's how it's pronounced anyway this is a sort of a worker not worker placement kind of worker placement set collection game it's uh set in ancient china and you're basically trying to gain enough influence and points to win the game there's a lot going on in this game there are six different areas on the board and each of them has a very different action. One of them, you're traveling around and getting tokens that let you do other things. One, you're helping build the Great Wall. One, you're buying jade from the jade market. One, you're um, increasing your influence, which is like a tiebreaker. One of them is you're ascending the steps of this heavenly purity temple, and if you don't get to the top, (laughs) you literally lose the game. Like, you cannot win the game. If you don't get to the top level you have zero points at the end of the game. So you're trying to balance doing all these other things while also making sure you get to the top. There's another one that gives you kind of end game points and some extra bonuses during the game, and then one lets you put boats out and get various items. It is a lot going on and it takes a long time to play. Our learning game took, with four players took three hours. Box says 90 minutes. Its pants are clearly on fire. I think you could absolutely cut an hour off of that, but I'm not sure, if, especially with four players, that it would ever be below two hours. And the, the game weight just doesn't warrant that length of game. However, we really enjoyed it. In fact, I think I played Crusaders last week and then Gugong this week. I think I prefer Gugong. I think it's a better game. I really like it. It's gorgeous. The gameplay is really cool. You have this this set of um, cards, this kind of starting hand, and you're playing a card down into one of those six areas. And if there's an action on your card, you get to do it, and then you also get to do the action of the area. And you're swapping your your card you're playing for the card that was sitting there, and it goes face down. Kind of reminds me of Raw in that sense, where not only are you doing actions, but you're also thinking, oh, I want that card for next turn because of the action on it or whatever. And if you're playing a card that has lower value than the one that was there, you have to pay things in order to actually play it, or excuse me, to get the benefit of it. So there's lots of considerations, lots of things going on every turn. And we really enjoyed it. This, the card play is really cool. Some of those places would get locked up because there'd be like a really high card with no extra action on it. And it's just sitting there because nobody wants to take that. So it was fun. It was kind of dynamic. Like I said, it took it took too long, and then also I said this about Crusader, but the end game sort of fizzled out. Certainly not to the d- degree that Crusader did, but our last turn was like, oh, everyone's at the top of the temple, so that isn't very interesting. And so they're all kind of jockeying around around these areas that aren't interesting anymore. Like the Great Wall was interesting earlier; it's less so now. Just a few things like that. Where uh, it will probably be different every game, be, but um. And, th- and this game was just kind of like, oh, I'm not sure the end game is as exciting as I want it to be. All that being said, I really enjoyed this game. It was fun. It was engaging. You were always wa- watching what was happening, planning your turn, kind of making these big, cool plays. And there's just interesting mechanisms to it. I, love, I think it's a good game. Check it out. Goo Gong.
1: Have a great weekend. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Board Games Daily. It's all of us. It's AJ and Jeremiah and Firestone. We're all on the same call. Hey, guys. How's it going?
3: Doing well.
1: Good. How you doing? Oh, living the dream. It's almost <laughs> 1 a.m. in Ohio, and we're <laughs> we just finished recording our next episode of the Theology of Games podcast, in which we discuss a very important topic, and that is
3: our top 10 games of 2018.
1: That's right. And we also answer a phone call from a fan and I don't know, craziness ensued. It was a lot of
4: fun and you should check it out. Definitely. We're talking about a lot of games that you might not have heard of yet. And you need to check them out because they are some solid games from 2018.
1: It's true. It's true. So, if you don't already listen to it, check out the Theology of Games podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or Anchor. No, it's not on Anchor yet. <laughs> Wherever you listen, <laughs> you can check it out. Uh, just not Anchor yet. And uh, we'd love to have you be a listener on that show as well. So thanks for listening to Board Games Daily. We'll get into the show. When When are we going to do that? Are we going to get into the show now? or? Yeah, let's
4: do it now. Okay, here we go.
0: more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today.
4: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. This is AJ Skifstab bringing you some breaking news in the gaming industry. Here at Board Games Daily, it is never a surprise to us when we find out that hobby gaming is becoming more and more popular, and this piece of news is no exception. I just recently found out that USAopoly has acquired the rights to release two new licensed copies of the hit roll-and-move game, Talisman. Now, if you haven't played Talisman before, this game has a lot of legs that it's standing on. Uh, It's been released over 15, there's 15 different editions of the game itself. It's been under Black Industries, it's been under Fantasy Flight, uh, currently under Games Workshop right now, and uh, about to be under uh, USAopoly as well. Now, is this a complete buyout of the game? I don't believe so. I believe Games Workshop has just released some rights, or USAopoly has purchased some rights to create uh, some new talisman content. I don't know that the game is actually going to be talisman in its original form. Uh, What I have read, and everything suggests, that it's going to be two new versions of the game, two licensed new versions of the game with new content, new heroes, and things of that nature. So, that'll be cool in and of itself because uh, we've seen Talisman re-implemented several different times already. It's got plenty of expansions, but if we wanted the game to be more interesting, maybe just create have a whole new take on it. So I'm kinda curious to see what they might do with it. What does this mean overall for the gaming industry? Well, it means what we've been seeing. Hobby gaming has become more and more popular over the last 10 years. It is no surprise to us, and USAopoly, an industry like them, uh, being able to acquire such a fantastic classic uh, hobby game just shows that it's just going to continue to boom and it's going to continue to grow. So USAopoly, if you don't know, already has a lot of the classic games that you're going to see at Walmart or Target or wherever games are found. It's got Risk, Monopoly, the Harry Potter card game. It's, it releases all sorts of games that you see and have known since childhood, and. It's just releasing more and more games now that are in the hobby gaming industry as well. And this should not come as a surprise. So USAopoly acquires the rights to release some talisman. We know what we think about it. We think it's good things for the industry. But what do you think about it? That's it for now. Check you later.
1: Hey, thanks so much for tuning in once again to Board Games Daily. We are out for the weekend. We'll see you back on Monday. Can't wait to hear all the games that you've played and gotten to the table over the weekend. So don't forget, hit up that hotline, 216-352-3864. Be a part of the show. Call in. Hey, if you're a publisher out there or a designer that's about to kickstart a project, call that hotline. Let us know. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to plug you on the show and get you the exposure that you so well deserve for your hard work. All right, I'm going to get out of here. And until next week, want to thank our friend Alan Girding for stopping by. And for our co-hosts, AJ Skiftad and Scott Firestone, I'm Jeremiah Isley saying you should really go play a game. We'll see you guys.